Hello, my soul-seeking friends. It's Shanna. Thank you so much for listening to Sense of Soul podcast. Enlightening conversations with like-minded souls from around the world, sharing their journey of finding their light within, turning pain into purpose, and awakening to their true sense of soul. If you like what you hear, show me some love and rate, like, and subscribe. And consider becoming a Sense of Soul Patreon member, where you will get ad-free episodes, monthly circles, and much more. Now go grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today on Sense of Soul is Maria Marshall. She's the CEO of Gaia Goddess Lifestyle, which promotes a holistic approach to living in harmony with earth and a balanced expression with the masculine and feminine aspects of all women as they embody and awaken to their true power. Gaia Goddess Community is a sacred space where women can join hearts and hands as they heal, inspire, and uplift themselves and one another. It also emphasizes the interconnectedness of all women and encourages self-care, spirituality, and elevated consciousness. And I couldn't agree more. This is something so needed. And so I am so excited to have my sister, Maria Marshall, joining us today. Hello. Hi there. I'm so glad you're with me. And I can't wait to hear about all the amazing things you have going on. You know, just looking through some of your stuff. You know, we have a lot in common. You know, definitely I feel since the Divine Feminine is coming into our consciousness, like to give her a voice, right? And to bring to everyone's awareness what has been hidden and suppressed for so long. So yeah. Have you ever read the Magdalene Manuscripts? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'm reading it for the second time and it's hitting me on a whole nother level, but I've also been told by channels is like, you got it. You do a million things. You're a writer, you volunteer with the homeless, you do Reiki, you do that. But what's the one thing you are? And I'm like, I don't know. I got a whiteboard. I'm like, do this. I do that. And And then one day I was playing my Mona Lina in my channel singing. And I'm like, I am a channel for the divine feminine awakening on the planet. That's what I am. And I do it through my business. I do it through my writing, my musical, you know, what I do it just through, you know, service. And that's a high claim to make, you know, and also all of these goddesses are coming through like shamans and psychics. And they're like, Ishtar wants to work with you. Oshun wants to work with you. Athena, of course, you know, like they're all like standing in line. And so I'm like, oh, I get it. And I know that this platform isn't in the fifth dimension, but it's the bridge too. And we eventually weave with the masculine, but right now in order for the masculine heal and for us to do that, the feminine has to come into her worth and her power. So as that's happening, all these goddesses are around and they're like, yes, you are powerful. Yes. And we're also being able to access all these things from past lives. It is the time. And because it's the time we're being able to resolve our karma, we're able to pull all our gifts from past lives into this present now moment, because Gaia will always be here, but we won't if we don't get our act together. And so it's happening you know, and the the duality and the, you know, the control, the manipulation, all the negative things that go on in the past, they're going to come to the surface and people are going to say, OMG, I gave all of my trust to this politician and look what I did. And the only truth is within, you know, and I believe that's when 
masses, you know, look for the spirituality. All of a sudden there's a consciousness that bing, and they're going to be running around like chickens with their head cut off. And that's where we come in to like, it's okay. This is good. It's good that you now know we were like, then there's a need for compassion, right? And then there's a need for the empathy and for the love because most people are not aware and not conscious. And then we need to get them there and their platforms, you know, your podcast and other healers and other platforms. I feel like Gaia goddess is a hub for healing. Like something's going to happen. Something Mm -hmm. big's come, you know, a lot of revelation. Well, I'd love to be a part of it to help boost Mm -hmm. that. You can't stop the passion when she starts entering inside of you like yep. we're just doing, there's no stopping her. So everything you just said, I was like, huh, is she talking about me? Like, did she do research on me and everything that she's <laughs> doing and receiving? And it's happening all over the world and all the corners and all the different goddesses from around the world and the yes. different cultures. So my main study is Sophia, is the Gnostic gospel. So yes, I've, I've definitely read Mary Magdalene and women who are now stepping into their roles and their powers Now, I don't know if you've looked up or heard about Elizabeth Schrader. No. She had a huge discovery on Papyrus 66, one Uh of the the oldest known scripture of John, and found that there was an error and has gone before all the major religions and everything to show them Mary Magdalene is Mary of Bethany. She is Lazarus' sister. And it changes the way you receive She's it. A healer. She was from a wealthy family and she was yes. schooled in the temples of Isis. What happened is, is that whatever scribe erased certain things to make it seem that Mary wasn't significant, basically. It's like she's oh. coming forth and she's like, I want my story told correctly, the truth, right? And well, I mean, you have the Pope that came through and said, She's the disciple of all disciples. Yes. But yeah. you know, I think most people yeah. miss that in the well, newsletter. I mean, it takes a while. Give a church a second, right? You know, we've yeah. got some Orthodox rabbis that are actually having hearings again for Jesus and like giving him a second shot at like, because they're realizing he was the Messiah. He was God come in form. Now, and I don't think it was for forgiveness of our sins. I actually think it yeah. was to uplift humanity and show us that we all have that part of God inside us. I mean, it's really interesting. I'm not a religious person, but in reading the Magdalene manuscripts and even just talking to my friend who's very up to date on what's going on, there's going to be a shift in every facet of our reality from education, finance, religion, medicine, pharmaceutical companies, of course, Mm -hmm. politics. And that has to happen. And it's great that it is. And some people are going to say, you know what, but it can't all happen at once. I think if it were to all be revealed at once, people wouldn't be able to handle their psyches, wouldn't be able to handle it. Right. Well, they're used to the sun rising in the East, setting in the West and you have the feminine coming through. She's unpredictable. She's all over the sky. Right. And so it's moving out of the, the power of control and all the things it doesn't it's not, it doesn't work for our highest good it works for only the individual's highest good right <laughs> but the mother is concerned of all yes and with this business and and seeing more women entrepreneurs more women wanting to invest in women entrepreneurs and knowing that the business landscape needs to change too i mean we can't have 
90%, of business led by men. We can't have the inequality in, in pay. Women mothers need to be supported. Like there has to be this whole paradigm shift of doing business. And as a spiritual brand, you know, as I started as a startup, I mean, I am still in startup mode. I mean, I just ran a million miles in a minute. And, you know, there were just so many things to do that my spiritual practice kind of fell to the wayside. So I wasn't connecting. I wasn't grounding. I wasn't singing. I wasn't doing what I normally did, you know, even sending long distance Reiki or sending. And I know that you can use energy even, you know, for your business, for an altar, for your business. It's all intention, right? And eventually I was like, wait, (laughs) I have to do this business different. Like this is not the way I'm going to do a spiritual brand that has to do with the earth. I mean, and awakening women and supporting women. I was like, I have to take a step back. You know, the spiritual work I do on my business, I am getting because I I do go into the records and I consult with my brand's business records is more beneficial, more productive than all of those rushed Zoom calls and cramming stuff in like the intention and the trust and just being there in gratitude and at my altar and calling in the support that's around me and thanking the support that's around me. And so I realized I had to get rooted back into my practice in in this business, that it wasn't one thing was over here. No, my actual business is, is actually teaching me and helping me evolve even more spiritually. I thought I would be evolved spiritually when Gaia Goddess was launched and that I had to be evolved to launch it. No, my business is taking me to the next level and especially in balancing the masculine feminine, because for me, it wasn't really, I had a lot of painful experiences through men, whatever masculine was showing up in my life. And so I thought it was just easier to be in my feminine and deal with women. But I realized a lot of women are just more difficult than men and actually just had to embrace the masculine, heal the masculine yeah. Even my ancestral lineage. And uh, now I'm working on the feminine lineage. So it's really interesting where I've been taken in this business. Yeah. We've been yeah. taken down the same, a lot of the same roads. You know, when you had said line, um, all the feminine were lining up in a row, that's what my ancestors did for like six years. It was like <laughs> every one of them wanted their story to be told. And I was like, oh my God, what is this going to end? <laughs> it just kept going and going, but it was so powerful. You know, there's a lot, it's not for the faint hearted to go down that road. Cause you know, oh my you know it's very hard. But don't you think it's part of the shadow work too? Oh, I mean, absolutely. It's like, for me, it started more past life of betrayal, abandonment, and abuse. And then it came into this lifetime, then inner child hit. And it was like, whoa, depression out of nowhere, massive sadness. And now I'm dealing with my ancestors. So it's like, you know, it has this way of going out from the more, you know, other dimensions, other existences to the now. Right. And now I'm, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting. I just had an, I just had one of the most powerful, um, you know, past life. It was during a QHHT for one of my past lives. And I'd never seen myself in power like that before. So it was interesting. A lot of the ones um, that I had known before did actually coincide with my ancestry. So that was interesting that you say so. But yeah, seeing myself and feeling 
that power, it like lit a fire in me. Like, yes, that is an aspect of you, you know, and you can be that in this life, you know? Mm -hmm. So I do think that all the healing has to happen right first before we're able to fully move into this power and individually claiming it as well. Like, um, you can't be in your power if you don't think yourself lovable or if you don't think yourself worthy, or if there were past experiences that gave you body issues, or if there were past experiences that you had difficulty setting boundaries. I mean, for me, it was very difficult to set boundaries, especially with the masculine because of my experiences. So it's almost like everything needs to be healed and you need to be fully in your self-love or at least like a good, a really good percentage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then seeing yourself as all as a powerful co-creator with the universe and the magic that we all have. And I call it magic because I think it is magical. The manifestation and the af- the confirmations that come in as synchronicities can be miraculous. I mean, I've had miraculous messages come through other people that I knew was like a direct download from spirit. And yet still, you know, it can be difficult at times to believe and believe in in a vision. For me, this business is a huge vision and has required a large investment and a lot of time. And just there's obstacles and things don't go the way you plan. And you really have to have the faith in yourself that you are powerful and that this is aligned and this is supported, which I know it is, and be able to like handle the ups and the downs, still knowing that that's part of the journey mm-hmm. and you're learning through the journey. So, I mean, it doesn't just become easy when you finally admit your power, when you finally claim it. It doesn't mean it's going to keep going easy. You, you, you're going to still have your ups and your downs. And that's when you're going to be tested, you know? Wow. Oh. Oh, just in that, I see that in myself and also so many other women, right? I mean, I, I thought I was doing really well, you know, you know, almost a decade of healing and work. And then all of a sudden something came up that was subconscious in me. I had been carrying in my muscle tissue, my body remembered if you allow it to, right? There's this natural divine way of how the healing takes place for when you're ready. And so you can't just like force it all, which a lot of people want to hurry up and heal and get to the finish line. I mean, it just doesn't quite work that way. I was, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, I, I know I pretty good after my awakening experience of my mother's death that I through the work with Paul Salik, who's a channel and has 12 amazing books, the guides he's channel. I kind of did a lot of work with the ego and braiding the ego with the divine will and not needing to be enlightened overnight. I'm certainly not enlightened now. And so many people were like, I can't believe you haven't been to ayahuasca. I can't believe you haven't been to ayahuasca yet. And I was like, I'm interested in it, but I trust the universe will let me know. And when I did go on the same day, two different women invited me to the same weekend, two different locations, like within an hour apart. And the first thing, well, one of the first things I had gotten was, uh, you're a lot like Mary Magdalene (laughs) and like Mary, you can have your Jesus. So that was like, okay, great. I'll have a partnership. But also ayahuasca said, we could, I could have brought you here a long time ago, but you wouldn't have all those chapters on your book because as I was seeing 
when I was ready to see my trauma, my resentments, my pain, it happened during the pandemic. And I got so much writing, great writing for my book. And I think in ayahuasca, things can come up fast and furious and you don't always get the time to process it, journal it, you know, if you're writing a book. So the the journeys that I've had so far with the plant medicine have been some of the most spiritual experiences of my life. I mean, probably maybe the most, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would say, because the downloads were were really incredible and such an affirmation or confirmation of that I'm walking the right path, that I'm doing the right thing, that this business is exactly what I signed up to do prior to incarnating. And we're all doing it collaboratively, you know, coming together as women in community and supporting one another and knowing the outdated paradigm of competition is over, that we are beautiful because we are, because we are, I am, I am, we, who we are as an essence of the creator and aspect. We are beautiful and we are you strong and powerful, and we have been told otherwise. And the book, you know, Vagina by Naomi Wolf is one of my favorite texts to refer to because I think a big part of the disempowerment of the feminine has been through the womb, obviously. Yeah. And so it cites so many examples of where creativity is blocked and power is blocked because of the shaming of sexual expression, which is in and of itself such a powerful tool for manifestation. And yet it's been shamed. And with the pornography, you know, if you look at what's the theme, the thematic expression of pornography, for the most part is degrading the feminine. And that's what's exciting to the masculine. And I'm not making it wrong. I'm just saying that you have to look for the programming. You know, it's not just on the Vogue magazine. It's not just the fact that women aren't hired or don't have these glass ceilings. Look at it in all aspects. Hear hear it in the music. You know, I mean, more and more women rappers are feeling like they're taking their power back a little bit. But I'd like to see it done maybe not with some of the sexuality or bitches and hoes. And I, I do have a, a dear friend who is a powerful woman and the name of her company is Bad Bitch Empire, but yeah. she claims it. She's like, I am an Ivy League educated woman that was in gymnastics and minority Asian culture and working in finance. And it wasn't working for me because I was actually more talented than the guys that were around me and I was being overlooked. So she started her own fund and I had her on my panel for my launch party. And I was going to have a hard time saying it in front of the audience (laughs) because I've been up on stage and I've used those words, but I talk about reprogramming, conscious languaging, singing the song as a C-U-N-T, can I make it pretty and loving and kind? And it was funny, but mm-hmm. you know, I had, that was on stage to a different audience, right. but I was, I loved my executive coach, Amanda Baudier from Full Plate, Full Cup. She was the moderator and she had no problem. She's like, I like saying this. I'm going to say it five times more to pull it off. And I realized, oh yeah, it's just like how you use the word as well. Yeah, like she's using it context. for for, you know, oomph. and to say, I own 
A power. Bitchy is a powerful woman who knows her worth and is unapologetic. Yes. Then call me one because I will take that any day of the week. Because like, and I will own bitch and like that. <laughs> exactly. No, totally get it. But you know, I, I, I so I am I'm moving also into my crone, right? And I think this is a big thing for women. <laughs> so yeah, I took off my glasses because they're fogging up because I was having a hot flash. So, you know, <laughs> but, welcome to the tribe, honey. <laughs> right. But I'm letting my hair go gray. I haven't dyed my hair in over a year. Um, okay. You I, have to look up Silver Sisters on Instagram. It shows them gray. <laughs> it's so beautiful. But, you know, I've been in this space, and I think this happens with a lot of women at our age right now, anyways. I've been hearing a lot about it. But this is when, you know, I mean, I moved into this kind of like when the divine feminine really started to come at me, this all happened at the same time. And I was like, okay. And instead of resisting aging and all this, I'm just so embracing it. I mean, comes wisdom with every single wrinkle, you know, I mean, I have kids from 26 to 11. One thing I wanted to ask you about I saw that you had wrote the confessions of a helicopter mom (laughs) because my oldest son and daughter were born in the nineties, actually is the end of the nineties. And then my last one was um, 2012. So, you know, here we go. I was a totally different person. You know, I mean, I mean, I was only in my early twenties when I had my first two kids. And so, you know, I am a different, not only different body, I'm a different mother. I have a different energy. I have different beliefs. I mean, I was going hard Christian back then, girl. I was teaching Sunday school. My kids were going to be <laughs> before they were born. And I just would love to hear your story of being a helicopter mom, just you could summarize sure. it. It's, it's definitely oh. something that I had to let go for myself. There was a lot of regret there at first. Yeah. Well, first of all, I think out of lack of self-worth, I had this desire that my kids had to be perfect. They had to be geniuses. They had to go to Ivy League schools. They had to get their lead role in the play. They had to be, you know, recognized for being athletic. Like it was like such a preoccupation, I think, not just of myself, but of my ex-partner. And that stemmed from my lack of of self-worth. And not only did I put so much pressure on them, but I put so much pressure on myself. And yet I didn't believe in myself. I had total fear of failure. And I will talk about only doing things I could nail. I talked about being Martha Stewart. I cooked dinner soup to nuts. I slaved in the kitchen. So I would get accolades from people and they never satisfied me. You know, some women that were in my social circles thought, Oh, when I get such and such status symbol, I will have arrived. I even have family members that coveted certain materialistic things, thinking that that would give them what they were searching for. That would fill their love bucket. And it's so sad because we're not taught. I wasn't taught as a child and I I see where it served me and my mission. So while I don't at all feel victimized by it, I meant actually gratitude because I believe we create everything that appears in our reality, but I was never told I love you. I was never told I'm proud of you. My mother never gave me a hug. She was an amazing woman. She just was emotionally checked out and, you know, with the abuse and with all of that, it created this 
child who didn't feel very good about herself. And I brought that into adulthood. And then I went searching for it. So part of my searching for it was the helicopter mom stuff. If my kid goes to an Ivy League, I will feel better about myself. And yet my kid got into an Ivy League, one of them, and I was happy for him. But I wanted really in the end of the day, I wanted my kids to love their schools. I wanted my kids to love their friend groups. I wanted my kids to love their education, not the name and the status or the recognition. Oh, your kid got into such and such school. But I thought that that would make me feel better about me. And the end of the day, it does. It means nothing. What is important for our children is that they are loved, told they are loved, told how proud we are of them, no matter what their grades are, no matter what their accomplishments are. They all are beautiful beings, divine beings, and you know, worthy of love, and they need to be built up because this world will cut them down. And the only person who can really, really give them that sense of security and that they have got it is I believe their parents early on, you got to start early on. And that's one thing with my children. I did have a reading and my guardian angel, Jonathan came in and I love my friend, Martin Crespo. I, he was the first, I met him the month after my mother died and that was my awakening. And Jonathan said, you know, you gave your children what you did not have. And in doing so, you made them soldiers. They are warriors. They're on track with what they came here to do. I'm like, what are they here to do? Can you tell me? They're like, no, because you'll try to help them. Of course I would try to help them because I'm the helicopter mom. I mean, when there was an adobe village to make out of clay, I was like, oh, it's cute. Can I just oh. finish? I was doing it all. And my kids didn't need me to pitch in. Dude, you know, I, I did some of my daughter's college papers. I, <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. I yeah. did a college project. I'm not ratting out my kid. Mm. I'm not gonna say which one, but I took I gladly because I love to write. I love mm. to write and I, I love to create. So Me too. I mean, I'm okay. I honestly don't have a moral dilemma with that. I'm like, cool, my kid's resourceful. <laughs> You know what? And I too. So I have a little bit of that too. I'm a creative person. So when they had a project, I was super excited and I would do the most. Okay. (laughs) What did I get on that media project? In there. (laughs) But I had found there was so much undoing of that that they had to do in the end. Hey listeners, did you know that Sense of Soul has a network of lightworkers affiliates program? Now you get to work with one of our inspiring guests. And I'd like to introduce you to one of our affiliates, Medicine Woman, Carrie Hummingbird. Carrie has put together an exclusive package for Sense of Soul listeners. You can take Carrie's mini course, Sacred Living with the Four Directions, and also get a 30-minute shamanic healing, full cleanse of heavy energy, and fill up your tank with high vibrational light. An amazing opportunity at a great price. You definitely want to take advantage of her amazing offer. You can go to www.senseofsoulpodcast.com and look under the network of lightworkers, or you can find this link directly to Carrie's amazing offer in the show notes. For instance, and this is something that, you know, I, I mean, I talk, I think it's good that I talk about it because it's like, every time I do, I like release a little bit of it. You know what I mean? But I mean, my son was going to be a baseball player before he was born. I mean, it's just, he was going to, it was just in our family. My dad owned sports equipment stores. My brother was a baseball player. His dad was, I mean, it was yeah. just, and he lived up to it. He really did. 
and poor kid had instability of the shoulder when he was 12. Oh, then, you know, come his uh, junior year, he said, you know, I'm only playing because of you and my, his grandpa. And I was oh. like, you did because we've spent our entire lives. You know, I'm just thinking, <laughs> you're a junior. You know, I've heard of these kids like dropping out when they're freaking, you know, seniors or something. <laughs> and of course, everything is set up for him, for his success that we created. And he gets to his senior year, his arm goes out and I'm just like, suck it up, suck it up, suck it up, <laughs> you know? And so he gets to his senior year and, and, the, and the doctors do x-rays. They're like, no, like he can't suck it up. He, you know, he's got a cyst on the head of the humerus, a torn labrum, uh, a straight infraspinata. I mean, just so many things. And I'm like, oh, he does. <laughs> so my dad ends up dying on his graduation day which actually was a rare occurrence as well because his team played baseball for state in one state that day. And his girlfriend broke up with him like a few weeks before. It took this kid years to undo all that we had done. And it was terrifying when he came to me basically and said, coach me, which way do I go? What place do I go to? What, what do I do? And all of his friends go to college, play baseball. People see him randomly. Where are you going to school, Drew? What college? Oh, girl. Oh, I bet. It was a hard moment. And I, you know, I sat with him and, and I apologized. But, and then having to give him the space to undo everything that everybody wanted him to be. Oh, and I don't know if you've, you know, ever shared that before, but I really appreciate it. And you don't know how many mothers out there listening to the show are going to look at things from a slightly different angle. I mean, it's almost like clear that universe stepped in to put a stop and it could have happened earlier, but maybe it was just meant to happen exactly when it happened for his learning, for your learning. Um, and that's a very powerful story. and. I believe that so many parents are still operating within that storyline. Actually, my son's tutor, who was a teacher when they were in elementary school, beautiful. Now she's doing mindfulness, um, three children of her own, but I love and adore her. And when the article was published, she said, oh my God, Maria, you know, so beautiful where to see where you've come. Cause she knew me back then. And when I was getting the tutoring for him and so concerned and we put him in a special school because he was needing tutoring. And meanwhile, didn't even let him apply to the school. All of his friends went to thinking he needed to be in a special in another school that had a special school. And meanwhile, he's who's nailing everything and, and he didn't want to transfer into the reg into like the reg to, to the more streamlined or they had like a school for le learning difference kids. It wasn't, it was like, well, you had ADHD or maybe you had auditory. He had auditory processing delays. So that's why he struggled a bit, but he's very smart. And the middle of the year, he's like, mom, I don't study. I get a pluses on everything. I don't really, I told you I didn't need to come here. Mm. I'm like, we'll transfer out. And he goes, no, nah, I don't want to do that. And I go, why? He goes, because I would have to relearn another locker combination. <laughs> so I'm thinking he is the kid who didn't want to be the weird one. So he didn't want to, in the middle of a year, be in a new campus and have to make yeah. friends. Like he wanted to start at the 
And honestly, that kid was the one who crushed it in college Mm -hmm. and is crushing it academically. And is, you know, and I, because I was so nervous and trying to dodge a bullet and thought because he was needing tutoring in this school and he had a twin sister whose auditory skills are way above, but you know, he's masculine. She's feminine. You know, she's very, it it just kind of, I, I was hurt that I didn't give him that opportunity, you know, that I tried to sidestep his failure yeah. and so much so that I put him in a overly safe environment mm. because I didn't want him to yeah. fail. You're trying to protect him and doing the right thing for him. Uh, yeah. And I was too, I was trying, you know, I, it was all good intention. You don't always know the right yeah. move as a parent, you know, and what, I don't believe there's any such thing as failure anyways. Everything mm-hmm. teaches you something, whether you, you know, get a good grade or a bad grade or high grade or a low grade or whatever, everything teaches you something. Right. So I'm not of the belief of like worrying about failure. No, what a blessing our children have been to us. They have been such teachers to us. How could we have ever learned what we're talking about right now unless we actually experienced, yeah. you know, holding on too tight in moments where we should have let them fall? You know what I mean? But this yeah. is just being a mother and this is sisterhood, right? And this is what has been missing, like supporting each other and saying, yeah, I've done that too. It sucks, doesn't it? I mean, I can't believe I did that, but right. I learned something from this and my well, children. Yeah. I mean, you have to be conscious yes. enough to yeah. know. Why is it that you need to live in a better house than your friends or your sisters or your community? Why is it that you need that status symbol? Why is it that you need your children to be overachievers? It's because deep down inside, you don't love yourself. (laughs) Right. You don't think you're worth enough. And and from that place of lack of self-worth, you are not in your power. And if you were to heal that, Healing, you know, lack of self-worth isn't just a bunch of affirmations. I love myself. I love myself. I am love. It's it's like literally believing it and then going back to the history and unraveling all of that history, whether it be limiting beliefs, programs, things that uh, experiences, trauma, whatever it was, it has to be addressed. It has to be cleared, let go of. And then, you know, you're at this higher vibration. I'm looking at you and I'm like, you can't possibly have 26 year olds. Okay. You are a young mother, but you still look, you know, appear younger than your age because you have done work mm-hmm. on your, I'm not talking work. I'm talking, you have done spiritual work of letting go of the weight and the density yeah. because yeah. that has a vibration yeah. and it shows up as aged. I have felt also, that way before. I have looked that way before. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you look brighter when you're, when you've done a real, after my releases, I call them wailing wall releases. I'll do some breath work and some heavy stuff will come up. I'll have a big session. I'll look in the mirror and I'm like, oh my God, did I just get 10 years younger? I'm like, my eyes are brighter. I'm like, I'm liking this look. I'm really liking this look. And it's just because it's the look of positivity. It's the look of love. It's the look of lightness, love and divine feminine coming through. Yes. Allowing her to just be and, and just surface, you know, when I think about sisterhood, I often think about brotherhood because really 
you know, we've had a lot of secret societies and you have your men clubs and all the things. And there's just not enough opportunities for women to, well, unless it was around something like, okay, we're going to go all meet at somebody's house for pampered chef, which back in the day, I took advantage of everything like that. So I could be around my girlfriends, Yeah, you know, but there, there is a strong call for what you have, what you want to provide and what you are creating and building. So can you really like share you know, what this looks like to you as in when it is completed to, you know, what's your vision and and where are we at now? Yes. Well, you know, obviously this, not obviously, I mean, I never mentioned I worked, you know, until I got married and then had kids and and was a full-time mom. So I really have never created a business before and certainly not a business of this magnitude. And just like the fact that I'm doing it as a testament to all of the spiritual work that I have done because I had to conquer fear of failure. There's no way. There's just no way. I'm holding a very big vision. The vision is community-based. The vision is obviously consciousness, healing, and reconnection to the planet because Gaia goddess is the spirit of the earth. And there is a lot of wisdom with the earth and her plants her herbs, womb steams. I got to say what we need. I've been told grief rituals, our hearts, our wombs. There's a lot of healing that we individually need to do, but remember we're connected to a collective. So even if you haven't had any trauma in this lifetime, if you are a woman, if you are in a woman's body, you hold this vibration too. And so each one of us that takes steps towards changing that, shifting that is contributing collectively as well as individually. And if we have daughters doing that ancestral work is so wonderful because our my mother and my grandmother were in my last Reiki session. Um, but I'm also seeing where my daughters struggle with similar issues and they're, they're successful, but everybody struggles. So, so in order for this all to kind of come about as people, as more and more women become conscious, as more and more women want to explore their spirituality, their healing, their empowerment, it's all interconnected, mind, body, spirit. We're not just a body. We don't just exist in this third dimensional reality. I will be providing tools of transformation on our membership platform. And what's so much fun about this is that I love these women that I'm filming I love the medicine they're bringing. I've used it all. It's nothing I haven't, you know, I had to use it all to get to where I am. So I'm basically bringing in one place kind of the smorgasbord of of healing tools, weekly content that has themes, thematic. One could be forgiveness. And it seems like they're starting out more level one and then becoming more advanced concepts. So we might have forgiveness in week one, a year down the road, it may be from grief to gratitude, because you really have to know a thing or two to see your grief, have experienced it and be grateful for it. You have to have a lot more awareness. Mm -hmm. So that's a more developed spiritual concept that you're not the average person, not going to come in and go, Oh, I'm going to be grateful for my grief. But Mm -hmm. in fact, you can be. And um, it, it it actually serves you to see how everything you've experienced 
is, is, has taken you to the next step, to the next level. And I always say, I call my pain, my beautiful pain, because without it, I wouldn't be here. And I wouldn't be bringing Gaia goddess into the world, uh, for all these women that need it. Uh, so the online content is one way to connect, but we obviously have to have in-person events. There could be one day retreats. We're doing a five-day retreat in July in Greece. We did one in Maui in March. March was just insanely beautiful. The women that came, what they experienced, what their feedback was, their testimonials, magic, magic, Mm -hmm. magic. It was just beyond, beyond, beyond. And I know that Greece will be just as powerful. I'm half Greek. Maybe some ancestral healing will come in for me as well. I'm just so excited about that. So also an app, forums. I realized through my own, you know, leaving my marriage and everything, how disempowered I allowed myself to be. I don't blame it. I'm never a victim, but I allowed the the the, the financial to be handled. I turned a blind eye. And in retrospect, not my wisest choice. I want <laughs> women <that. laughs> to know coming into marriage because they're going to be working too many of them. What are what's the contract look like? What's right. what are my rights ten years down the road? Like I'm on an equal footing. Like I right. wasn't on equal footing. I I didn't feel that the relationship was symmetrical. That I had an equal say right. in what we did with our money because it was in fact after 26 years of marriage our money. And, um, you know, you can't, you can't later claim ignorance. You have to you have, it be women and men should be in, educated before entering into contracts and a marriage contract, and they should know their rights. So that's financial literacy. There's support for women trying to get pregnant. The infertility rates on the rise. I struggled myself trying to get pregnant with my twins and it's heartbreaking. And I did have a support group. And I wish I had a support group of women to talk about it because there's a lot of loss involved. There's a lot of grief involved. There's a lot of feeling like my body's betraying me. Yeah. I can't even do the most natural, normal thing. The women just are having these unwanted pregnancies left, right, and center. And I can't conceive what yeah. is wrong with me. Like, so just all of those experiences that women encounter, I believe there should be support forums for it. Like also women entrepreneurs branding your own business. There can be exchanges amongst community. Hey, you're great at writing. I'm great at graphics. Let's do an exchange because I can't afford to spend on my business that kind of money. And you can work within your groups, artist groups, women expressing through art. So I see so many opportunities. I also see it global. I've been shown like a spider web all lit up in gold and white light, like wrapping around the earth. I'm saying the same thing right now. I'm because I'm just, I kept on saying, I'm like, when is it coming here to Colorado? <laughs> when is this going to be here? Yeah. I mean, way A, we're on it when, when we launched the membership, we're everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then pop ups for sure. Um, the retreats. I also, I imagine this app that will, can be really fun. Hopefully we have aura photography (laughs) technology by then, but some gaming, some fun, like goddess quizzes, whatever, but also like a map of the world and all these pins. So let's say you and I were on a retreat in Costa Rica and we became, you know, best besties and one other, 
we like lock ourselves in and then we know that we have a little group chat going on with that group. Who's going next one's in Greece or, or we have three more retreats mm-hmm. you know, down the road so yeah. here, this part of the world, this part of the world, this part of the world, you know, and you're like seeing who's signing up or you're on a chat. Are you going to Bali or, you know, whatever, are you traveling with the group or have you joined the forum? Um, all that kind of stuff. I think we'll have it and it takes time. It's a big vision. It's a big vision. (laughs) Just also being gentle with myself and realizing like the ups and the downs and, you know, every day is a challenge, but you just got to get up, brush off your knees because what I'm doing and what others are doing, what everyone's doing, these women that are showing up as lightworkers is we're changing the world and we are making and and I'm not claiming that I'm the only one obviously a bunch of people I need to collaborate with to create this content and then create courses with and then bring on retreats it's a hub network of network almost so it's it's a huge it's a community but it's also networking with each other and yes. I, love, I mean I just had on two amazing women it was so interesting do you know 3 years ago I released them next to each other just as they were three years ago. And it was not planned. But in the first one, she's more moving in her crone, you know, more our age. And she's, I'm not saying that you're moving into your crone, but. Oh, you know, I'm 57. I'm well in my crone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you're amazing, but So yes, but she and I were talking about moving into our crone. You know? But then the next girl, she's only in her early 20s, 20 six, I think, or something like that, talking about what it's like to be a new mother. So here they were together. They both offer retreats. So, and yet they're at different stages in their life. And so I actually had to go, I just had this thought, but I went back into and changed both of the title of their episodes. I made one from mother to crone and the other one from maiden to mother, because this is exactly in how they showed up so divinely and have the same, you know, vision and the same desire. And they're both doing the retreats. So when you were saying that about the retreats and like, how amazing, like all of these powerful women who all share the same visions and passion to see women come together and supporting each other. Yeah. And competing, like you said before. Yes. And you know, it's so funny because the, the Maui retreat, we had a couple of powerful women that were reluctant and were like, who else is coming? And do I have to, because they just don't feel comfortable around women. And meanwhile, they got there and blah, 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 blah. You know how women can be, you just nonstop to chatting, all of the barriers dropped. I did a cacao ceremony to start. I actually got it from Gaia Goddess. I I went into my channel and, and I know it was her because she used a term that I would have never come up with. She said, as you hold the cacao to your heart Mm -hmm. and you form this intention of lowering your barriers at the beginning of this retreat, really see yourselves letting your tree branches and your roots go out because trees communicate and intermingle with the women across the circle and to the side of you. And, And she led it and she said, each sip you take, imagine it as a liquid prayer going down your throat to your heart. And, um, and she, she led them through and she talked to them um, as her children. And it was so, I was crying. I mean, just the, 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 the human me who set herself aside, there was so much 
love. Mm -hmm. And I had people come up to me afterwards and it was the first cacao I had shared in a healing retreat. I've done them for friends. Uh, And they were like, you should be doing more of these. And, And it was really, really funny because there's this old paradigm of like, well, you know, are you trained? You do right. have a certificate in cacao. Right. Like, What's your label? Sure. My my years as shaman and my years as a sorceress or an herbalist or whatever, <laughs> like kind of qualify me. Got, working with the spirit of the earth kind of qualify me to be able to do this. It was received so openly and so beautifully. We all have so many gifts and abilities. And when we stop putting the judgment on ourselves, and we start to believe in ourselves and know that we've been many things, many we've had many gifts, many. and that while I don't like to deal with money in this lifetime, yes, there was a life <laughs> financial genius, and I'm pulling it in. Well, Watch. I have an amazing feminine accountant who would be, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yes. Like the 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 fact is that claiming, yeah. claiming yourself. Yo, I have not published a thing and I am a writer. I am a writer. I have so many written pieces that are on my website when time comes, not my website, but a couple of articles. You read Confessions of a Helicopter Mom. But most people in this day and age would not say they're a writer unless they're published. What's up with that? And and how much of that do our kids think? If they don't agree, it should be for motherhood. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, literally, that's the hardest job. You're right. And and yet we're intuitively programmed to nurture, to and love just unconditionally our young. I mean, I'm not saying every mother on the planet has been a great mom, mm-hmm. but I'm saying that that came natural. Loving that child. And I say I had a difficult Lifetime. I think the only times in, up to maybe now that I experienced joy was when I gave birth, when I brought my children into the world. What a joyful, amazing privilege we as women get to experience. You want to hear something funny? Yeah, I do. So I'm when <laughs> my son, my first child, I remember his first birthday, my mom comes up to me and she's like, Aren't you going to feed your husband? And I was like, Oh my God, that's right. I get to serve my husband. I'm so excited. This is like waiting for my whole life. I like, I was looking forward to it, you know, and it's fine because really I had to go through all this to find who I really truly was and that I didn't want to be serving without ever receiving, but yet I had to go through it. But yes, I mean, this is the women, you know, that Southern hospitality, very deeply rooted um, and I did understand it all through my ancestry, through the, did you, yeah. Did you struggle with receiving? Oh God, I still sometimes do. I still right. sometimes do, yeah. you know, asking for help and, you know, but oh, it was a day for me. It was too. a long journey of self-love, you know? Um, I mean, I stopped to lie to go like, go get a massage, you know? And now my kids are like, mom, go get a massage. You deserve it. So it's, it's come it's come to full circle now as at least my, my girls, you know, know their worth. They're very powerful. And so I know that my journey of having to break that it stopped with me. I mean, we're talking generations and generations of that, 
yes. the martyr. The martyr. I was just going to ask you. Oh my God. I looked up to that. It was my mother. My mother was widowed at 36 with five children. Mm. Talk about, you know, the martyr mentality. But I did see her raising her children and not serving a man. So there was a part of that that was like, you know, my kids come first. Mm -hmm. And that's not the healthiest. Had nothing to do with the breakdown Mm -hmm. of my marriage, but that's not the healthiest of models. Actually, Mm -hmm. the primary relationship is between the mother and the father. If that's not working, the family doesn't work too well. So, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's just, it just goes to show, and I know there are a lot of women right now still, you know, but, you know, if they're listening to my podcast, if they listen to your podcast and and I, you do have a podcast too, as well. I do. So I, I do. do. As a matter of fact, all of mine are interviewing other people, but I realize I need to start um, having just, just like 10 minute downloads also by myself because there's a lot to talk about and you, you don't really, and while it, uh, my book will give it in a different, very creative way with dreams and past lives coming in and, you know, readings and all of these elements, these mini stories, micro moments of the helicopter mom, or when my daughter create all about me poster and it reaped self-love and I was horrified. I, I actually went to my therapist and said, oh my God, she's so, she's, she's so self-centered. Like anybody who sees this, it's like an abomination. And he's, what do I say to her? And he goes, just say, it really looks like you're loving yourself right now. Because I, <laughs> Can you imagine seeing a poster of your child loving herself and you thinking in this abomination and being concerned and having to talk to your therapist about it because we're so programmed not to love ourselves? Yes. Yeah. Who sees that? Yeah. And a lot of times you can see it in your children, right? You could see exactly what you're lacking or what you're needing through you know, what's going on in your children's lives or what you passed your, your, your own wounding that you passed to them. I see that. And, you know, that's why I got to work extra hard on the ancestral work to undo the damage I've done. No, it's a timeless healing, the past, present and future. God, I feel like we could talk forever. I could talk to you forever. (laughs) We definitely should reconnect and come on my podcast. I feel like we have to get together in groups and work together because the change will be easier and quicker that way. We have to like form those connections. Yes. It's like they say that when more than one come together in prayer or meditation or with intention, Mm -hmm. I think the the manifestation of that gets faster, Mm -hmm. stronger. Since the very first time I found um, Gaia Goddess and the community, I was thinking, God, how can I support this? because I want to see more of this. Wonderful. And I'm so happy we had this wonderful conversation. And I hope that the listeners got a lot of valuable morsels. (laughs) I'm sure they have you know, because we have walked this and we've made mistakes and some younger moms can say, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) You know, I'm going to learn to love myself first. Yes. You know, and that is the thing. It's like, I wanted to be a mom and do all these things far before I ever wanted to love myself. Yes. Because I think we thought that we would be love. We would have the love in our marriages and the love with our children and the love can't come from outside. It has to come from inside. There's just no way around it. That's right. 
Well, tell everybody where they can find you, where, where they can sign up because there's membership. There's right now, as we develop our content library, which will give weekly tools to our subscription-based membership, which will be paid. Um, there is a free membership and we have content on our website now and we have great, great um virtual sanctuary offerings once a month. And then we have blogs and so on and so forth. So it's Gaia. You would just go to our retreat, rather our webpage, which is GaiaGoddessLifestyle.com and sign up to become a, a free a free member. Uh, follow us on Instagram. We, we mention our virtual sanctuaries. We advertise them in our newsletter. We give codes. They're also charged on Eventbrite. For, we just had a career astrologer that was great. And then down the road, if you don't make everyone, we have the film Zooms on so they can also access that. We have a beautiful self-love meditation that I recorded and uh, some sound baths. There's some other things going up soon. And then come the fall, we'll be launching the medium tier membership and be doing some events and things will just keep gradually developing. So that's the free membership right now. Also, I'll be speaking at New Life Expo. I'm one of their keynote speakers in uh, October in Brooklyn. So I'm really excited about that and getting the message out. And that's around the time that we launch the paid membership as well. So the podcast will be telling stories. There's a lot of storytelling in Gaia Goddess. We all have a story, a beautiful story to tell. And so I'm very interested in, in exploring that too with writing prompts for our community as well, you know, through wow. expression, you know, whether it be wow. painting and mm. yeah, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, thank you. You are such a creatrix, like all <laughs> the things, all the things. So, but thank you so very much. And actually, if you have anybody else that you feel, you know, that needs to come on here to share their voice, let me know. Yes, I will. And through Lydia, we have powerful women that have already uh, interviewed that are wonderful and happy to do so. And we'll be in contact. So okay. thank you. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Sense of Soul podcast. And thanks to our special guests for joining me. If you want more of Sense of Soul, check out my website at www.mysenseofsoul.com where you can work with me one-on-one or help support Sense of Soul podcast by donating to my coffee fund. Thanks for listening.